0: I'm Chad Ruthermond. and I'm Andy Kenny, and welcome to No Clip Pocket, Heads Will Roll. Today, we're going to be talking about Man of Medan, which is the first game in Supermassive's Dark Pictures Anthology series. Um, none of the other ones have come out yet, and we will get back to you on that if it does um <laughs> but it was developed by supermassive games published by bandai namco and was released in 2019 on windows xbox one and playstation 4 the man of a is in the same vein of game little, little rhyme there for you mm-hmm. uh <laughs> as supermassive's previous well i guess not directly previous but uh like their breakout game until dawn I mentioned that just as a side note because uh, until dawn, rush of blood, which was a VR roller coaster rail shooting game, also was made by them. But like, not it's not. I don't know. Nobody would consider that canonical. I don't think. Right. Um. But yeah. Uh. The thing that I really like
1: about this game and the uh, upcoming anthology series is that's as far as i'm aware unique like i i don't know of any other like anthology video game series like at least in the way that like movie anthologies work
0: right yeah like their explicit goal with this was to call back to uh anthology television shows and movies like the uh, like what you would see introduced by Elvira and uh, mm-hmm. like the Crypt Keeper and shit. And their Crypt Keeper character is this like, I want to say they call him like the Archivist or something. Yeah, the Archivist or whatever. Yeah, But he plays like a similar role if you've played Until Dawn, which we'll probably make a few references to. I'm going to say we aren't going to spoil anything about that game. But if you have played it, there will probably be more connections to make. Uh, but there's a psychiatrist character who kind of checks in with you in between and the archivist and, and that character fulfill a really, really similar role where they kind of just like add context to the story and also sort of break away from it so that ostensibly it's like a fiction. Yeah, like, like a framing device. Yeah, which is strange because it's like a it's a it's a story inside of another story which makes it very difficult to like give a shit about the characters i I
1: think it's purely for that idea that anthology idea Mm -hmm. um like it it, and another thing is that this really at least this one until dawn is a, a different case but this really feels like a low budget horror film like it seems like the kind of thing you would watch on, like, a late-night TV block, and this guy is just kind of, like, introducing all the movies, you yeah. know? Like, it feels like an a product of, like, a bygone era when that kind of stuff was done
0: right? on I, TV. I, yeah, I want to, like, call out, like, because we're going to get into this, and there are going to be some things that we think hit and other things that don't, but one of, like, the biggest successes of this is absolutely Tone. Like, if the, their goal was to make this game, like, kind of a schlocky horror movie it feels like something like if this movie was filmed in live action and just and shown to you it would not seem out of place or weird at all like you just cut out the parts where you as the player walk around and explore things and replace it with like b-roll or like dialogue (laughs) scenes being extended or shot a little bit better Mm -hmm. and this is a movie like they don't even like even the effects like, that are in-game, and therefore can be rendered as anything, seem like the kind of thing, the kind of choices that would be made to make the low-budget work. Like, most of the enemies are, like, ghosts, and there's, like, a gas, and then the characters play off of each other to create tension. So there, there's, like... You could do this with like practical makeup effects at a fog machine, yeah. And you just have the the stuff necessary. And you only got like two
1: locations: yep. being the boat, the the small the, boat, the small boat, <laughs> and the uh the big m- like military boat, right? Um, but yeah, I I don't know how much credit to give them because I do think intention. It some of it is intentional. Like I mm-hmm. do think it's supposed to feel kind of like it be a horror movie, but. I think a lot of it is also unintentional. Like, I this <laughs> game feels like it was made, ch- like, as cheaply and efficiently as possible for, like, the kind of game that it is. Like, I feel like they probably had to crunch pretty hard to get this
0: out. <laughs> well, it came out last year, and I honestly don't have the slightest idea what the development cycle was. Like, how long it took them to make this.
1: It just... And I mean, obviously, I don't have any industry knowledge, but it right. just seems like the kind of thing that they'd have the idea for and they'd give them a short development period and a smaller budget.
0: Yeah, the the, the places where it really shows are uh, the programming to some extent. I think that there, there are a lot of sort of like visual and audio problems in the game that pop up on time, from time to time that are a little jarring and look a little bit weird and the voice acting is just like i don't want to say like abysmal i've seen worse uh-huh. but it is not good in a way that takes you out of it more than it needed to yeah. and again it's so dialogue focused well yeah
1: and it, it stands out i think especially because of how good the character modeling is mm-hmm. uh they are they make heavy use of motion capture um i know in uh, in until dawn there was at least one actress i actually recognized and they use her likeness in it and i'm assuming these are all real people mm. as well and uh so yeah they look very realistic and you know they do all like the facial capture and stuff and then the bad dialogue just <laughs> stands out uh as especially bad against the good-looking uh visual
0: presentation yeah it, it is like a little bit jarring and weird i i, I don't know where i would focus my att- i mean the next game in this series is supposed to come out like early next year and i or maybe i'm wrong maybe it's the end of this year it's coming out like within a few months yeah it's yeah soon yeah and I kind of like, I'm interested in playing it because I want to see where they go with it, but it really will be like a make or break for me as far as like, is this something to keep watching? Because like, I liked Supermassive because I liked Until Dawn, and now with it, it's like we're getting into a Star Wars situation where mm-hmm. half of what they've made <laughs> isn't very good anymore, and now I don't know if I want to associate. <laughs>
1: yeah well it's i think it's the budget is the thing like Mm -hmm. until dawn was like a full-fledged triple a like survival horror thing yeah uh and where these are obviously supposed to be made cheaper and quicker um and the thing for me will be like is it just going to be cranked out with the exact same like design philosophy and i would bet money that yes it is (laughs) because i think that's kind of the point that they can put these out consistently
0: i guess that's true but i mean that's just an assumption i'm making but if it's been about a year since this game came out then i don't know it seems like because they have the engine obviously uh so it's possible that they can take the first excursion learn from their mistakes and like if the plot of this game had been better I would have. I probably would have overlooked a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, maybe their writers will come up with something a little bit nicer for the second time around. But I guess we'll find out. Um, we should talk about like the primary gimmick of this, or even the base mechanics. But we can do this in in two. <laughs> we will do both of those. We'll do things. a one two on this. the The thing that separates that, that separates this game from Until Dawn or even games that are sort of like spiritually related to it, like The Walking Dead or uh, Life is Strange, like dialogue-based adventure games, is that this game is designed to be played with multiple people. Uh, We played it with two people, but you can go up to five with each player controlling one of the principal characters.
1: And it seems like it would definitely be ideal to play it that way.
0: Yeah, it seems like it would be more fun. Yeah. So, I don't know, like... I really like this idea. It seems very impractical to get mm. five people to play this game. And also the game kept telling us it was the wrong person's turn. Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I I, might just be remembering it wrong, but I feel like when you like assigned who was playing what character that you messed it up. But then uh... I just didn't say anything because you had already hit the X button. But... uh <laughs> Is blaming me. It might have been you, but it also might have been the game. Both are reasonable uh, possibilities. Yeah. But the reason I say that I think it would be ideal to play it with five people is because uh, one of the big gimmicks is that the characters can just die. Yes. Because uh, they take a very much like horror slasher movie style where you're playing like a group of young people. And they can get picked off one by one. Right. And if you were playing it with five people, that's more incentive to keep your character alive because if they die, then you you're not playing anymore. Right.
0: For- but very often your fate, and by very often I mean I think in this game at least one hundred percent of the time, your fate is mostly in the hands of other people. Yeah. Like you can fuck up quick time events and die. Presumably. Probably. Uh, we didn't in this playthrough, but. Uh, you could probably do it enough times that you die but like we really didn't want to stab brad
1: <laughs> yeah and, and that's the thing like i you i was using like we got conflicting information from some of the secret uh paintings yeah which made me think in the moment like, i overthought it again yeah, yeah. and then i thought and i was like stab brad stab that guy stabbed and it turned that guy out to, turned, out, turned, to turned out to be brad <laughs> But um, if we were playing with five people, I would have been way more hesitant to stab the person, right? Because that would yeah. put somebody out of the out of the experience,
0: right? So now knowing that you might think that I fucked up the player selection thing, yes, I definitely am responsible for Brad's death. I ha- yeah, I have a new. Uh, theory in my head that we are mantra because they're, they, they're these images that you'll find throughout the game. And when you, uh, look at them, it shows like a premonition of something that could happen. And the idea is it shows you sort of like a key scene that you can act in to prevent some, something from happening, whether it's a death or like some other event. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's a MacGuffin type prop that you have to find throughout the game. And uh, there's a sequence of it being smashed, so it isn't always, like, somebody dying. And we see Brad get stabbed in the chest, and the, our mantra from that point on was just don't stab, stab Brad, Brad. Yep. because we definitely thought it was going to be one of the characters that stabs Brad, yep. and we are like, just don't stab anybody. And then Andy made the final call <laughs> to stab the guy that was attacking us, because he knew it was Brad cuz it was one of my characters and he was mad at me <laughs> that that's why yes but
1: there were we we found another painting the pain, you find these paintings in somewhat out of the way areas that mm-hmm. will show you those premonitions and one of them showed us stabbing Brad and then the other one showed a scene of a guy in a cloak like you know coming in to like uh, right. kill uh some other character was in first person yeah so that's the scene that was happening so i was like oh i like i was so torn in that moment like is this brad (laughs) or am like are they trying to fuck with me Mm -hmm. and make me think of this and then i don't stab him and he kills me you know like so they really pulled one over on me with brad there
0: the problem is the the premise of this game is such that the most of the time the things that the things that are going to kill your characters are you making a bad decision about killing someone because the characters are hallucinating it's a very like supernatural slash not actually supernatural yeah, there's some of story. kind of like
1: ghostly gas yeah that like makes
0: people like see things from the manchurian gold <laughs> <laughs> it's gold dust yeah so apparently this like ancient gold dust that melted down and like became aerosol is like just like lingering around the ship and inhaling it has hallucinogenic properties and aren't there actual ghosts too
1: i don't know okay i couldn't remember
0: like i genuinely am not sure because like in the end when you think they would reveal the ghost thing there's like this after credit sequence where some like coast guard dudes or something mm-hmm. get onto the boat and they're like we got a distress call from here like blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. and then they start going in and the, the thing that kills them is not a ghost it is just one of the like kidnapper characters right. just like beats them to death with a sledgehammer so i don't think i think there were no ghosts okay i think it was just man sharing gold <laughs> <laughs> it caused the whole fucking problem. So, but yeah, so it's it's like hallucinatory, so everybody has to kill everyone else. And we only killed Brad, despite him being explicitly the one person we did not want to kill. Yep, And that is a problem, I think. Like, I think that we, on our first playthrough, should have barely made it out. Yeah. Like, it seems poorly tuned.
1: Yeah, no, I because we played until dawn like a couple years ago now and it works in a similar way in its structure the i remember the secrets being harder to find in that and therefore we made it out with less characters alive in the end uh in this it had it was on the opposite end of the scale where the paintings were super easy to find and we made it out with just one character and very easily could have had them all Right. If I didn't overthink that one situation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I agree. The tuning is bad in this one. But I kind of think the whole system as a whole is just like a pretty big flaw. Yeah. Um, I think the... So the way... I th- We've explained it well enough at this point. I don't need to reiterate. But like uh, hiding like plot crucial... Or not plot crucial, but like decision... Like really important context for the narrative scenarios behind a secret collectibles is bad because like uh, with until uh, until dawn that one's it felt it' stung worse than that one even though I think it's a better game overall because mm-hmm. you invest more time in it and then you miss some of the secrets because they were more well hidden and then you end up losing. Uh, and having your character die and it feels like it was through no fault of your own it's because like the game was purposefully keeping like important information (laughs) from you and making it hard for you to make make a decision with what you're actually presented in game and i think a system that would work way better is if it was more like life is strange with um spoilers for life is strange to anybody (laughs) listening (laughs) Uh, but with Kate's suicide, right, right, right. Um, you are rewarded for paying attention and actually remembering details about the characters um, and knowing enough personal information about Kate will allow you to talk her off the ledge. Right. And I think something like that would work way better, where like you're rewarded for paying attention to the things you read. And gathering context from the stuff that you find, and you're actually able to apply that information you actually have in those
0: important narrative moments where your characters can die. Yeah, I, I think what we have is sort of like a uh, we have a scatter sort of plot of of where these games fall because I actually don't entirely agree, even though I agree with your main premise. Like, I th- I think that the hint system that they use is a little bit hokey and weird and doesn't quite fit in the the theme of the game whereas just like having environmental detail is way easier to uh like test the player on than it is to test to see if they picked up a thing and therefore make the right decision wholly at random Mm -hmm. like in until dawn it's difficult to try and make you learn things about the characters because there are so many characters like they're like 8 to 10 characters that you play as in Until Dawn Um, and like they phase in and out of importance but like there are people who will just show up and be like hey and now you make decisions for them for a little bit this game shrinks the cast down to 5 which I think makes strides but keeps the same old way Mm -hmm. my thing is I think what the game wants you to do is make decisions in a panic. I don't think it wants you to make good decisions. Well, you could still have time pressure. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't think it wants you to, like... It wants to put you in the character's shoes. Like, if you know too much about what's what could happen, then you don't feel the fear that the character feels. And, admittedly, you're playing a video game, you're not going to feel the fear of people stranded <laughs> on a fucking boat. But uh-huh. the, imp- <laughs> the important thing is to, like, emulate that. And... I would actually prefer if you were more helpless and they just put you in more situations that could kill you, but you have easier decisions. Like Mm. shift the scale more like because I didn't want to I didn't want Brad to die. Right. But I don't know if I would have felt better about the game if we had made it out with everybody because the because stabbing Brad was one of my favorite things that happened in the whole game like <laughs> it was a genuine memorable. surprise yeah. yeah it was memorable like it was it was a it was a decision that we really did have to make and that was created by the hint system which is flawed and the fact that the game like once you figured it out once you stab Brad you don't stab anybody else like it's pretty easy to get around that yeah So it's weird like I I genuinely think this game has like an element to it that makes sense and is good and then an element to it that it doesn't make sense and is bad Mm -hmm. and so the game as a whole feels worse than it should (laughs) like I don't know how best to like remedy the situation. It
1: definitely feels like they're jamming a puzzle piece that doesn't fit into a spot Mm -hmm. uh, that looks like maybe it should. But yeah, I still think that um, just like getting rid of the hints and actually like just putting more of that information into the world somehow is the best scenario I can think of. Like, I don't think that would tip the scales too much. Like, I still think you could have the same kind of moments. Uh, It just, it's giving that information to the player in a more organic way. Yeah. And they can still miss it. But it would be less likely because, you know, I don't feel like you don't want to make it secret.
0: Right. Yeah. You don't want to. I mean, yeah, you want to make it something, even if it's like difficult to see in the same way that a secret would be, not to codify it. Like they already have collectibles in this game. Like there are things you can pick up. They give you fucking achievements for doing it. And there's like 30 of them. And so go wild with that stuff like because it doesn't affect me the person who's just playing the game to like play it from start to finish Mm -hmm. but yeah when it comes to the the actual story critical things it would be nice to and also it like it helps with the really inexplicability of the of the posters the fact that like you find the the paintings or whatever and you look at them and it shows you a flash of the future yeah doesn't like it doesn't mean anything in the context of the game it's just there as a gameplay element and they already have a guy in a library yeah there to fill that role so like the fact that they add this additional thing just makes the break even further yeah from from being like an immersive experience right to
1: be charitable i kind of felt like it was supposed to be like a I don't know if eldritch knowledge is the right thing, but like you find (laughs) something that triggers a vision. Right. Yeah. Like as we called them premonitions. Deadly premonitions? Yeah. Deadly premonitions, literally. But uh, that's, yeah, it just doesn't, yeah, the fact that they're paintings, like it just doesn't, there's no thematic tie there.
0: And they also have a painting on the boat that they're on. And then there's also like another 20 of them on a 1940s yeah. ship yeah or 1960s they're all like a matching was. set of paintings yeah uh, <laughs> but like obviously like we wouldn't complain about fucking crash bandicoot picking up man- mangoes or whatever so wampa fruit the wa- sorry i'm not ag- <laughs> come on all right uh it's like why would be so many fruits here <laughs> it doesn't make any sense uh i don't know I- it could use some work um do we want to talk about characters and plot or do you have more to say about like the base mechanics?
1: Uh I think the only other thing, and I guess this kind of ties into story and plot so we can like segue from this to that, is I like the the systems we've been describing actually make for a meaningfully branching story, mm-hmm. at least as far as I can tell. We haven't played any of these games more than
0: once, but I imagine a character dying definitely changes it that is like a real thing like there are a lot of games that are designed to be played more than once and i will never ever do it yep <laughs> i don't i still like the games but like it just it feels like i'm not playing them we're, the way they're we're meant just to be too played. old now we don't have
1: time yeah playing again well, yeah, like
0: i'm never gonna fucking play through until don again that game's like 13 hours yeah. long like, i would <laughs> like to but yeah, it's but not it's, gonna happen it's just too, too much for commitment yeah At this point, I'd probably make, like, it's been so long, I'd just make all the same choices and end up with the same (laughs) ending. Uh,
1: But yeah, that's just something I wanted to to bring up. mm -hmm. I, I think the branching stories really lends itself to a horror story like this with characters dying. And it's not just... studio shoving branching storylines into a game because that's popular
0: right like oh now they'll have to play the game twice yeah uh yeah and like in our particular playthrough like i think they made brad easy to kill because like it's the first i think the first instance that you have to have a player kill a character there is, I guess, a chance that Julia will get the bends when surfacing from a dive and die. And if that is the case, I have no fucking idea what the story does from there. (laughs) Maybe that's why she's got such a small part, because she can die so early. Yeah, she dies real early. Uh, But Brad isn't even with the characters when they get on the ship originally. Right. And so, like, if you're playing this, pro tip, if you're planning on playing this game, if somebody's (laughs) not into it, just have him play Brad or Julian because Brad has like two parts before there's a chance to kill him. And then you being the person who knows, because you listen to this podcast can make sure that you stab Brad. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) But yeah, so that's that it is, it is interesting. And I think that that probably lends to some of the more like stretched thin elements of the game because they had to write so much to you know, compensate for the chance the characters just stop existing, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I have a lot of sympathy for the 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 shortcomings of this game, yeah, but there are a number of them. Mm-hmm. What was the name of the guy who was a douche?
1: Oh God, I don't remember the characters' names uh he had he the blonde guy, yeah.
0: I'm going to say it's like a Con- Conrad
1: or Conway? Conrad sounds right. It's definitely not Conway. That's
0: yeah, that's Kentucky Reds. Uh, I'm just going to pull
1: up a list. Okay, yeah, Conrad. Uh
0: what did they call her? Fliss. Yeah, so these it's it's Conrad. Yeah. Okay, so Conrad, Fliss, Alex, Julia and Brad. Yeah. All right. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it in one. Uh, as it turns out, that character's name is Conrad, uh, and he, the only character whose name I don't remember, somehow, absolutely the best character in this game, just for being the heel most of the mm. time. Like, there are ele- there are parts of this game where you expect him to go through character growth, but he doesn't. He doesn't, no. yeah. <laughs> and I think that's such a good call to some extent, because while it's more difficult and more rewarding to create a character with like an arc that makes sense and like comes out the other side you feeling different about them than you did when you came in Mm -hmm. sometimes you just need an asshole to be in the game
1: (laughs) well i mean and you have to think about the genre yeah like these are horror movie young adults who are meant to get killed yeah so that some of them just being annoying like just makes sense
0: right it was a it's just it's notable because i think they gave they tried to subvert things i think with their characters to some extent like not super well or like by a whole lot but you end up with like like julia's kind of by the books and so is conrad but you have alex who's like a doctor but he's also like the jock guy. Mm-hmm. So I guess he's a med school student like he isn't like a graduate yet, but he like he does like he's done his homework like he's a good student and he was able to like read charts of people who had died in the boat yeah and like tell all these things. So you have this sort of like crossover archetype like if he was in the cabin in the woods, he would he he is basically exactly chris hemsworth's character mm-hmm. and like works as sort of like that subversion of that trope in the same way that it did but then his brother brad is the same character but he's just a cowardly weak version of him. <laughs> he's just he's the nerd yeah he's the, that's the
1: archetype that he is but alex is also a nerd to some extent like, yeah, he's, but, like he's more like an academic yeah and brad is like a nerd nerd right
0: It's very disrespectful to people with no athletic ability, such as (laughs) myself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and they almost kind of read to me, with the exception of Brad and um, Conrad, as kind of like horror movie, like teenage horror movie tropes just aged up a bit. Mm -hmm. Because, like, you know, that kind of stuff happens. a a guy is like a douchey jock in high school and then he matures you know so it kind of read that way With like at least with alex and julia you know she just kind of seems like a regular person so you know some of them were a little more understated yeah and then you had brad and conrad that were very trophy yes (laughs) felicia was interesting or yeah, fliss. fliss jesus felicia
0: by felicia uh
1: fliss was an interesting character i thought Or at least she had potential to be she yeah better moments
0: there, i'm wondering if we missed some like level of characterization with her because it seemed like there's a lot going on oh yeah but none of it never like, like comes to fruition they, like when she puts her license back in the drawer uh-huh. makes it seem like she doesn't want people to well, know her name i
1: think it's because it was expired like if you look at the date on it I don't think I had a, a,
0: an idea of when this uh, game takes
1: yeah. place. I'm pretty sure that's what that was implying is that she she's not out here legally,
0: uh, but
1: it never matters.
0: But she's the one with this there's a stickler for the rules. I can see, yeah, where the, she doesn't want to get caught. The conflict, yeah, yeah. I
1: am. So I picked up on that, but um, yeah, it never comes up really, right. other than there's a little bit of tension there at the
0: beginning. Yep. And then it sort of, like, just ends after they get... I mean, they do get kidnapped, and you yeah. want to, like, band together, you know, against the common enemy in that situation. But there's a sequence in the game where they're, like, they've been kidnapped, and Alex is like, I think Fliss is in on it. She's just doing it for personal yeah, gain. it's super forced. Mm-hmm. And then, it, and then they get on the boat, and he's like, hey, sorry about that. And she's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they just go on like nothing happened
1: the scene that was the funniest in that way in the in the bad movie kind of way was at the very end Mm. it it, it felt like it you saw the film cut and then splice in the clip they were like oh which characters died here put in that clip and it's just like fliss it's just like oh man i don't know i'm telling you it's just like some guy in a robe
0: i I don't know what happened
1: to brad and then it just like it's something to that effect and then it just fades back it like uh out to the boat and then it just ends. Yeah.
0: Like if more characters had died, there would have been like more of a scene built yeah, out of it. And that. it's just like this one little <laughs> clip that's like dropped in there on the timeline. Yeah, like it's in like a sky <laughs> And
1: it just ends abruptly. And it goes like right from that it's like scene, scene cuts, insert that, and then it goes back to the boat and <laughs> fades out and ends. It's so abrupt and jarring and hysterical.
0: Oh, it's super. Oh, I mean, and there's also there's a sequence where and I don't know like how they determine this, but there's a sequence where you as Alex and I want to say Fliss. I think it's those two jump down into this hole in the ground and you end up on this catwalk and you're about to go down a ladder and there's like you see a dude from the kidnapper squad who's out to to kill you, and you hide from him and he goes away and then you climb down a ladder. And then, apropos of nothing, Alex just goes, So here's how this game works, and just describes the plot. He's like, I don't think that there was any ghost. I think it's gas from the Manchurian Gold. And you're like Like Oh you, yeah? <laughs> if you figured that out, which I assure you, you have at this point. Mm -hmm. This scene feels totally unnecessary. And if you haven't figured that out and the character just literally does nothing, not a goddamn thing related to this part of the plot, just decides to start talking about it, that has to feel insulting in some way. Like, it's like the worst way done at the worst time. (laughs) Yeah, it it kind of makes it feel
1: like it's showing you like the seams of the game and mm-hmm. how like the the way it's structured and how characters can die just leads to things being kind of shuffled around and stuff might not land depending on which characters are alive and like what's who's done what you know so i chalk it up to that yeah no it's I, still I bad it is... but uh
0: <laughs> it's just so strange i think like i i agree that it is definitely the game just being the game and mm-hmm. it cannot handle it in a different way but i think that there are other issues at play i don't know this seems like i'll get into this in, when it's like final thoughts territory right, yeah. so do we <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, uh the only other thing i have i think of significance um it's just the price like the pricing of this it's 30 bucks mm-hmm. uh which i think in reality is a completely reasonable price for this product but i think to a lot of people would seem kind of steep for the what you get out of it
0: if you actually and that's have like the,
1: five friends yeah
0: great price six that would, bucks a yeah. piece
1: and yeah. i am an adult with an income and could drop 30 <laughs> bucks on a game whenever right uh even even given that like that's the biggest deterrent for me wanting to continue playing these well one of is like ah oh, 30 bucks mm. <laughs> you know so i i don't know exactly if i have anything meaningful to say about it it's just uh it i could see that being an issue to this like
0: anthology series like success i mean i actually i agree on this i think that this is a really sort of like crystalline example of the financial problem facing the AAA games industry Yep. because like you if you buy this for $30 as a unawares consumer somebody who is literally buying this because like the thumbnail looked interesting you have no experience with their other games Mm -hmm. I want something spooky to play exactly yeah and you're just like this seems good you wouldn't i think we didn't mention this at all man of medan is a terrible title it is pretty bad like i love it but it's a bad name for like a commercial product
1: yeah uh like john smith or like you know like the john everyman who who would scroll past this on uh on the store it that's gonna mean nothing to them right you know like it, they're gonna gloss right past that
0: yeah it's like until dawn. Is like a really catchy title,
1: yeah, and paired with like the skeleton hourglass, right. it, it grabs your attention.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. It's super good. The the artistry of it all is very good. And man of medan isn't that? is not that its kind of weird to say? It is, and it says the the dark or the yeah the dark anthology series colon man. So even when you're scrolling, it's gonna say the dark anthology series colon m- <laughs> ellipsis. <laughs> yeah. Man, Man. (laughs) (laughs) The most dangerous game. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so if if you were totally unaware of what this game is and you buy it for $30, you're going to see these problems. You're not going to give a shit that it's supposed to be a multiplayer game. Mm -hmm. You're going to just play the game. And when you play it, you're going to see the issues that the game has. And you're going to go like, geez, this seems like a poorly made piece of shit. But it's not it's just a lower budget game that they're trying to sell for $30 and it really couldn't have been made profitably without charging this much mm-hmm. and yeah it's it's weird like if this had been in life is strange style which the art style is more stylized but like can make it
1: cheaper yeah like i think the mocap saves the money as well i don't know exactly how that how economical it is but not having to do as much animation yeah. I would assume
0: would be cheaper. Well, and the environments are beautiful too. Like they this They're is a... relatively simple, so yeah. Yeah. But they're vi- they're detailed. Yeah. Like No, no they look good. Yeah. There's a great visual fidelity to this, which feels like is what's expected of them. Mm-hmm. And it also causes problems yep. because it's just it's too much money.
1: Yeah, and it it is an interesting uh case study or whatever, forget what terminology you used but uh for (laughs) i use some
0: bullshit yeah (laughs) yeah, whatever
1: dumb shit you said Uh, um now for the pricing of video games like that is a good point um because like as i said i feel like 30 bucks if you actually like look at the quality of what you get 30 bucks completely reasonable and i love the idea especially like now when games are so expensive to produce um like triple a games like a game from a studio that you've heard of is going to be like a 60 dollar release and taking like this kind of initiative to like put out like some smaller games at like half the price um but that still look really good like that's an interesting idea i just don't think it's quite like it's the execution is off like as you said if you could do it with more of an art like a different art style that you could produce cheaper Mm -hmm. or like you you cut some other corners um and kind of in in like a smart way you could probably package this in a way that would be really successful i think yeah but it's not in that zone and we talked about uh hellblade a couple couple
0: years ago independent triple a yes they call it and yeah, it's a similar kind of process and like the the price point was similar. Like I think it was 25-30 bucks when it came out. And that game, like our biggest complaint with that game was it was too fucking long for what the mechanics could support. Right. And this game is like the right length, but it has other issues. So if they like shortened it like i feel like these two games are like like hellblade almost is the good version of this but its follies were in what it thought people wanted Mm -hmm. and i think man of Den's follies were in what it wanted like it was too ambitious almost i could agree with that yeah uh do we have man i've fatal fatal i think we've used fatal thoughts and final resting thoughts we've used all of these before manchurian do you have thoughts?
1: funeral thoughts uh my funeral thoughts <laughs> are i love this concept mm-hmm. i love the idea both um as we said it's interesting from like a games industry angle it's interesting uh to try to produce something that's like a low budget horror movie those are super popular Uh, with a niche audience that seems like it gets bigger all the time um and so yeah doing it in game form is really interesting and i just i feel like the execution is super messy um and i really want to like this more than i actually do um until dawn was better like the one that was given more time and money uh but even still it has like all of the same problems uh most of them anyway And it kind of shakes out differently because of like the budget and the length and stuff. But, um, and you would think the shorter version would probably like alleviate some of the problems, you know, like that seems like that logic would make sense, but I actually (laughs) think it ends up worse here a little bit, but, uh, overall, like I don't want to be too hard on the game. As I said, I like it, the premise a lot, and we did have fun playing it. I think it would be better if you had five people to play all the parts, air quotes, yeah, I just think it's this is this is a gold nugget of an idea, and I'd really mm-hmm. like to see it actually become something and not peter out. But I'm afraid it's just going to peter out. <laughs> so, if you're somebody who's found their way to this podcast and you listen this far and you haven't played it, I would encourage you to check it out.
0: Support it. I just want to jump in and say, until then, despite having a lot of similar problems did also have that mechanic where you have to hold the controller still. Oh, yeah. Which single-handedly great. elevates it like <laughs> to a whole other level. Um, that is very cool. <laughs> but no, my final thoughts would be, I cannot talk shit on a developer that is as dedicated to like horror as Supermassive is. like Supermassive, frictional. Developers who make games explicitly in this genre and who obviously give a shit about it have my respect because i love these games and i love the genre and uh so i'm always looking for things that are made with a level of care that really gives you a product that you can tell there's something like there's something behind it Mm -hmm. and i think that is that is what man of medan is it's a game that is that is there it is it is shown up to the party ready to go, but then the facade of the game is kind of crumbling and falling apart, but not in a good creepy way, like in a haunted house, Mm -hmm. but in like a very low property value rental kind of situation. Uh Uh, I like this game style. Like I liked it in Until Dawn. I've liked it in all like the Telltale games, even though this is a a little bit more in depth. Yeah. Yeah. So I have no issues with that. But if if they can clean up the rough edges if they can tell a story with, like in this vein i understand how fucking hard it has to be with the amount of like decision points that are in here mm-hmm. uh that is just a little bit more engaging and has like a little bit more like pull to it that isn't based entirely on manchurian gold being the <laughs> antagonist uh then I think there could be something really good. Yeah, this game is not exceptional, but I'm going to pay $30 for the next one and hope that the influx of my cash <laughs> will help to propel whatever the next game is into like closer to what I want. But we'll see, I guess. Good game, not a great game. Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? Wish me luck. Next time, we're going to be talking about Fatum Beetula. Fatum Beetula is what what we're going with. Yeah. Uh, It is a... Your guess is as good as ours. Yes. uh, (laughs) A Latin-titled indie horror game. More of like an atmospheric horror. Mm -hmm. It looks like an older
1: PC game. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't really know much about it, and kind of want to keep it that way until I
0: play it. <laughs> I believe that the explicit uh, point of reference is supposed to be PlayStation One games, mm. um, but this is going to be, I think, fairly similar to uh, Tamashi in that. But one, we got it from the same source, and <laughs> and two, it's something that's harkening back to like older Japanese titles, yeah, and the sort of like inexplicability of those to like our the this audience and how confusing yeah, it can be makes them a little unnerving yeah what, what i'm trying to say is that we're like the dark souls of podcast <laughs> in what way because <laughs> we're basing it on uh things that we saw and liked because we didn't understand parts of it it's like when oh like how miyazaki read western yeah, fantasy okay. novels Uh, you 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 jumped a few
1: uh points of logic there. I jumped the shark on the
0: on the first
1: episode (laughs) after episode 100. I I don't know. I feel like pockets are on their own separate branch of the timeline.
0: That's true. Yeah, it's episode 30. We're now
1: old. I don't know. (laughs)
0: Pockets are filling up. Pockets are yep. The fat pockets. Mm -hmm, The jinko pockets. (laughs) Until that time, if you want to get hold of us, all of our contact information is on our website at NoClipPodcast.com. Now you can find links to iTunes, or Google Play, YouTube, you can find all of our old episodes, including games like, I don't know, The Cat Lady uh, is an ad- horror adventure sure. game. Uh, our YouTube actually has a nice playlist of just every horror game that we've covered, mm-hmm. um, which will finally be yeah. getting updated. Fatal Frame... Mm, yep that's it that's the only other one we did <laughs> uh no fatal frame isn't a bad comparison also very water-based which yeah, is nice yeah until yep until that time stay spooky spook that like button <laughs> be sure to like comment and spook scribe
1: <laughs> make sure to boot spook and boogie <laughs>
0: Uh, boo! Ah! No!
1: Ah! You agree with this? <laughs> you agree <with> this? <laughs> <laughs> On page 600 of
0: the script of Man
1: of it says. On page 666, yes.
0: please. Uh. <laughs>